On today's show, Alper and Shingun continues to impress in FIBA action, dropping 30 points in his most recent performance, really expanding his offensive game. We're seeing a lot out of Alpi's offensive bag and ways that he can still be an impactful defensive presence, even if he is an undersized a big. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Caleb Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tarison. Here comes Tarison. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six, five. Four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. Today, we're going to focus back in on Alperin Shingun and his FIBA basketball play for Turkey because he has been just unbelievable. Every time he touches the floor in FIBA action, he has been the best player on the basketball court, no questions asked. So he's had a couple matches recently, uh, the last two matches for Turkey against Bulgaria this past Sunday and then Ukraine uh, the other day, and my goodness, the first off, the Bulgaria match was just no contest. I mean, it was it was an absolute like wire to wire blowout. Turkey wound up winning the game one hundred four to sixty six. So we didn't get much LP in that game, but he had a strong game. 13 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, had a steal. He was 4 of 8 from the floor, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. He was a plus 22 in the minutes that he was on the basketball floor. But the game that I really want to focus on and where he just had a mountain of highlights was against uh, Ukraine where he posted 30 points, 5 boards, 5 steals, and 2 blocks. I think they took a block away from him too because I, I I thought he had three blocks at one point. So the official scorekeeper must have taken a block away. Shot 11 of 19 from the floor. He hit a three-pointer. He was seven of nine from the free throw line. And when you look at how LP has continued to be so effective, there's a couple things that really stand out. One is he is so much more than just a post player. He's not just a guy that you can give the ball to down low and he's going to go to work his back to the basket, whatever, you know, a a traditional big in that sense. And that's why it was always so, it was always so lazy and so frustrating when Alpi was first coming into the NBA, even after his rookie year, seeing team, you know, fans of other teams, other fan bases, people who weren't really familiar with his game or who didn't really watch him, basically just refer to him as like Inez Cancer Light. And I was like, okay, well, no, he's not. Their games are not similar whatsoever. Alpi has so much fluidity 
to his game, right? So much wiggle, so much craft. Like, he really is, and I, I believe we've made the comp here on this show before, and I know a good friend of the program, uh, Roosh Williams, uses this comp a lot over on Rockets Watch, and I think it's a fantastic comp. He's basically like the Manu Ginobili of bigs. He's so crafty in everything that he does. He's so deliberate. He has incredible skill incredible footwork, so much finesse to his game that there's almost no stopping this guy offensively. And then you, and I want to get into how he's expanded some of his offensive bag, although we saw it a little bit last summer during Eurobasket, and then he didn't really lean into, you know, lean into it as much during the regular season. And there's a reason for that. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment, but I'm optimistic that seeing kind of the the bag that he's had on display through these four games, at least for Turkey, that we're going to see more of it this season. And there's a big reason why we will hopefully see him kind of branch into uh, some other elements of his offensive game, especially. But for me, with Al P and the way that he can impact the game on the floor, you just kind of let him do his thing. And I think that on the Turkish team, there's certain guys that really understand that. And one thing that really sta- stands out to me, whenever Alpi shares the floor uh, with Sertac Shanli, Shanli understands how dominant Alpi can be on the floor and where Alpi likes to get the basketball. And they had, they, there were some plays, <clears throat> pardon me, there were some plays uh, in, I forget it, I Forget if it was the Ukraine game or if it was the Bulgaria game. I'm not sure which off the top of my head. But there were a couple plays that I noticed where Shanley would kind of start out in the post and then he'd be communicating with Al P and explaining, okay, like you cut here and then I'm going to flare out to the three-point line. And then you would see like Al P would cut over and then he would establish post position. Shanley would jump out to the three-point line because he's a three-point threat. And it's like that level of communication, understanding, hey, I know that we need to get you the ball here in this spot because that's how we can be best as a team. And even there have been times where Shanley has the ball on the perimeter and he's the guy throwing the post-entry pass to Alpie. And that's the one hang-up, unfortunately, with Alpi's game is when he does establish post-position, even the Turkish team doesn't do this well because they don't have great guard play, unfortunately, when he does the work early to establish great post position, somebody has to get him the basketball. And I'm really hoping that this upcoming season, we're going to see better versions of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. under new head coach Ime Odoka, understanding how to get LP the basketball when he does get good post position or when he has a mismatch or when it just makes sense to get him the ball if he's got it going. And also Fred Van Vliet, right? Bringing in a veteran point guard, somebody who understands how to set the table for the other guys on the floor is going to do wonders for Alper and Shingun to understand, hey, okay, cool. You're going to be in this spot, great. But it's also, I will say, there's also a level of, and I, I noticed this this past season too, and it does happen sometimes, Alpi knows how, how good he can be with the basketball in his hands. He can't try and establish post position and call for the ball every single time down. He just can't. Like, right, there are certain plays that he needs to just be willing to do his work as a screener or let other guys have their turn with the basketball, right? For the Turkish team, he's the best guy on the court. He should have the basketball every single possession. Any possession that the ball doesn't touch Alpi's hands is kind of a waste. 
that's not going to necessarily be the case as he transitions back to the Rockets and back to the NBA. And so that's something that he's going to have to learn. And I'm really hoping that, again, Udoka and even Fred Van Vliet can explain, hey, like, it's great. If you get good post position, awesome. But, like, you can't be calling for the basketball every single play down because, like, I need to run some plays for Jalen or we need to run some plays for Jabari or I need to run some pick and roll with you where you need to be the screener. And if you're fighting to establish post possession every single play down, burning three, five, 10 seconds off the clock trying to do that while we're trying to establish a play, it doesn't let us get into our offense as quickly as we need to. So there's just certain things that I'm picking up on and seeing that I'm hoping that the Rockets are also paying attention to and being able to look at some film. And when they do, when Alpi does come back to uh, this side of the lake, that he's able to really sit down with Udoka and some of his teammates and understand, hey, there are cert- there are so many different ways that he can impact the game in a winning way but there's also areas that he needs to learn on and grow as well. And because of guys like Udoka and Van Vliet and hopefully the steps that those guys help Jalen and KPJ take this next season, it'll further unlock stuff in his game. Coming up, do you want to talk about his expanded offensive bag, the insane rate at which LP is getting to the free throw line, as well as some of the uh, moves that we saw on display, especially against Ukraine in his 30-point masterclass performance, some moves that hopefully he can replicate and bring back to the Rockets when he comes back overseas or from being overseas, as well as how he can still be an incredibly impactful defensive presence despite potentially being a bit undersized for the five spot. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season's about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. That's right, all season long, because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl 58 winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. That means you just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory they they secure along the way. That means... Right now, you can take a look at the outright betting favorites for Super Bowl 58. Kansas City Chiefs at plus 600 leading the way. The Eagles right behind them at plus 800. Then you got the Bills, the Bengals, and the 49ers all at plus 1,000 apiece rounding out the top five. The Houston Texans are plus, woo, all the way in the back. Plus 18,000 to win the Super Bowl. But doesn't matter who you pick because as long as they win games in the regular season, you get bonus bets that you can use on spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets. Now, I know I got kind of hung up there in the first segment about the point with LP posting up and teammates having to, you know, actually get the basketball to him and all of that. And I didn't really intend for that to be my main takeaway there. So I kind of want to back it up just a little bit because that point's still important. But my bigger, more important takeaway is that through these handful of games that he's played for the Turkish national team, We've seen that really kind of almost eccentric, just creativity, just pouring out of him on the basketball court where you see all the insane stuff that he really is capable of on the floor. There really almost is no limit to what he can do offensively. And I think that is what I'm really hoping to see this next season with Ime Odoka is tapping into that creativity a little bit more, or a lot more actually, because it felt like with the previous regime, with Steven Silas and company, it felt like they were trying to 
box Alperin Shingun. And it felt like they were trying to paint him into a corner and say, we need you to play like this. We don't want you to play like, like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We want you to play like this. And that's it. That's the only way we want you to play. And it felt like the brief glimpses that we saw of Alp where he was really successful happened in spite of the coaching staff. So with Udoka, I'm optimistic that he's going to see all the different things that Alperin Shingun is capable of, and we're going to see Shingun really be unleashed this upcoming season. Now, what are all those things? If you haven't been watching the Turkish national games, you are absolutely missing out because Alpi has been sensational, and he's He's pulling out a lot of stuff that he had that he was doing last summer during Eurobasket. And then again, he went into the regular season and it felt like the coaching staff kind of squashed a lot of the creativity in his game and, and stole some of his confidence, right? We know for a fact that the coaching staff was telling him not to take certain shots on the floor, very specifically not to take three-pointers on the floor. What was he doing against Ukraine? He was stepping into three-pointers with confidence. He only shot one of four, but that's fine. He is a guy that needs to be taking shots like that to further expand his game because if Al P can add range to his game, he's going to become unguardable offensively. He's almost there. He's almost close to being unguardable offensively. If he adds a consistent three ball, it's really game over. And, and a big part of that is going to be the confidence element, right? And a coaching staff shouldn't ever steal confidence or dampen the confidence of their players. Like that's... I think that's very counterintuitive to what a coaching staff should do for a player on their roster. And it felt like that was kind of the case with Shingun, where he was doubting himself. He was hesitant last season. He would have moments where he was wide open beyond the three-point line and then freeze up or lock up or drive the ball in. It's like, no, just take the shots that are there for you, man. So the three-point shooting is one thing, and the confidence behind that is great, but it's so much more than that, right? I, I talked about before, he's so much more than just a traditional back-to-the-basket, post-up, big-man presence. He has been putting the ball on the floor. He's been going coast-to-coast in transition. He's been, I think the biggest thing that has been really impressive is the number of areas that he's been attacking the defense from the floor, right? It's not strictly just the post-ups or just the face up at the top of the key or at the elbow, it's he has the ball on the wing. He'll drive it in from the weak side. He'll come off a screen, catch the ball on the short roll, and then go in that way. He'll run pick and roll with other bigs and get going in that way. His handle, his handle for a big is legitimately pretty solid. And against Ukraine, we saw him do We saw him drive in, go behind the back with his left, and pull up for a one-legged Dirk Nowitzki-esque fadeaway. And there was nothing that his defender could do about it, right? It It doesn't always look insanely fast or flashy. So At times, it does look like he's doing some of these moves in a not quite slow motion. I feel like that's disrespectful to say slow motion. But... It works because he's so skilled. And the insane amount of skill that Alpi has and the way that his game is is so finesse-based, his insane footwork, all of that, kind of actually dovetails into the next point that I want to make in our final segment about how he can still be impactful defensively. But seeing him just tap into all of this creativity during FIBA action on a team where he is very clearly, and not even just a team, 
in games, like because it's he's very clearly been the absolute best player on the court in every single game that Turkey has played. Right, they've played four games so far, and Alpi's averages across these four games are actually so absurd. He's averaging nineteen point three points, six rebounds, three assists, almost two steals, and one point three blocks per contest. He's shooting fifty seven percent from the floor, eighty seven percent from the free throw line. Almost, well, first off, not, I'm not going to say almost 70% because I can get away with saying 69.2% true shooting. Nice. Um, he's been a plus minus plus 16.3 across those four games. Only one and a half turnovers per contest. Um, he really has been unstoppable so far through this. And it is important, right? You take it with a grain of salt. I had some people in the comments and, you know, whatnot saying after the first game, oh, we're talking about. Poland, really? Why are we talking about Poland? These are still professional basketball players, right? It's it's not quite the same if you were to throw, like, Al P in the G League and let him go dominate there with people who are, like, fringe players, who are striving to be players. Like, these are still professional basketball players who play for their respective countries. And I think it's maybe one tier above, say, like, G League competition or you know, collegiate competition, what have you, all that stuff. It's just international play. So, and, you know, I don't want to put it quite on par with where the NBA is because the NBA is the most talented basketball league in the world, but it's impressive play nonetheless, right? I'm not going to discredit what he's been able to do. And I know I made a point about the free throw shooting that Alpi had, or the free throw attempts and the free throw shooting the last time we talked about his FIBA action uh, after the first win against Poland. And that has become such an important part of his game, right? Where he is just an absolute foul magnet. He's able to get wherever he wants to go on the court, whether that's without the basketball, him establishing post position and getting the work done early to where it's a simple catch and there's nothing the defender can do about it and they basically have to foul, or it's him with the basketball in his hands. Again, the fluidity to his game, the impressive handle, the ability to drive, whether he's driving in from the top of the key, which we saw him do a lot with the Rockets, where he would have the ball at the top of the key and they'd be trying to run like a dribble handoff action or a set with him right there at the three-point line. And sometimes if the action wasn't there or if the defenders were just hounding the other players, Jalen, KPJ, whoever it was, we would see Alpi then turn and face up his man and drive the ball in, right? And now we're seeing him do that, but from other places on the court with more space to operate, right? The difference is if you're at the top of the key and you've got actions happening on the left and the right side of the court, the moment Alpi starts to drive in, he's not exactly the explosive electric player that Jalen Green is, it takes him a minute to drive the ball in from the top of the three-point line. It's really easy for a defender to then, like, sink off their man and jump over and try to double Alpi or cut him off or force a turnover, make him pick up the dribble, all those things. Whereas when you get the opportunities that Alpi has been getting in FIBA action where he can attack from the wing, where he has the ball on the wing and either he gets a screen or he's just isolating on the wing. It's insane to talk about Alper and Shingun isolating and attacking off the dribble on the wing as a big man, but he's doing it and it looks good. That's the crazy part, right? We didn't see any of this this past season. It's just insane to me that we went through an entire year where the Rockets coaching staff was just so hell-bent on him playing such a very specific style of basketball. And at any point, they could have just rolled the ball out there and said, hey, you know what, LP? 
go have some fun with it, right? Get a little creative. And inherently good things come from that because he's so damn talented. So I'm glad we're getting a refresher on what he could be when truly unleashed with the Turkish team. Again, temper the expectations a little bit because it's a different level of competition than NBA basketball. But it's still really exciting to think about the possibilities of what could be achieved because he already had this insane offensive bag, right? He's the the highlight the highlight level passes he's got the advanced the the reads being able to find his teammates all of that and then the foul drawing all of it but seeing him put it together in a different way and seeing how creative he can really get with his game he's got a deeper bag than than I think most Rockets fans already think he's got a deep bag he's got an even deeper bag than that as a big man and I'm hoping Ime Odoka can be the guy to tap into some of that creativity this next season. Coming up, I want to talk about the skills element of Alperin Shingun's game and how I'm hoping and expecting him, especially under Ime Odoka, to be an impactful defender despite being undersized or a bit slow-footed or whatever terminology you want to use for Alperin Shingun. We're going to get there in just one moment. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Final segment here on today's show. And, you know, there was this, I guess, on social media, on X, Twitter, whatever. I guess there was this hubbub about whether LP was actually, uh, had actually grown. And we had, you know, a bunch of different people talking about it. No, he hasn't grown. Yes, he has grown. Here's my two cents on all of this. Personally, I don't think it matters. I think it helps a little. Uh, take it back. I think it helps a little bit if he's grown. I don't think it's the end of the world if he hasn't grown or if he's only grown a teensy tiny bit and maybe it was a bit overblown. Maybe he was just wearing some extra big sneakers, you know, when he came back from overseas and the Rockets were, were freaking out about him. I believe that he's grown because I've heard enough about it to believe that he has grown at least a little bit. But the problem is, was he 6'10", 6'10 when he first came in? And he's grown an inch or so since then, an inch and a half since then. He's closer to 6'11", almost 7 foot. Or was he 6'9", when he came in, and he's closer to like 6'10", 6'10 maybe 6'11 now? That's the problem. Because we haven't been able to quite have like an an honest, like concrete number for where he's at. But regardless, I think it's important to note that players like Alperin Shingun, who process the game at a level very few other players can, I know we see that processing speed play out oftentimes, 9 out of 10 times offensively. We also see it in play defensively at times, right? Alpi has fantastic hands as a big man. He can make plays, he makes deflections, he gets steals as a big man that you don't often expect him to get because he anticipates, he understands, he processes the game quicker, faster than than most other players on the court do. So because of that, because he's got good anticipation skills, because he's got quick hands, all of these things bleed into him, I, I think he can be a good Defender. I'm not expecting him to be 
all NBA caliber defender. I'm just not, right? And there are going to be certain limitations to his defensive game. Like when you put him in the pick and roll and stuff. Like, like pick and roll is inherently really tough for big men to, to navigate unless you're just so naturally gifted that you are a defensive phenom, right? And and there's guys like Anthony Davis, right? You put Anthony Davis in the pick and roll, he's going to be just fine, right? Because he's so in he's so equipped to deal with it, right? The 6'11", 7-foot frame, the length, the athleticism, the agility, the, like, lateral movement, all of it, right? He's... He, Putting him in the pick and roll isn't like putting him and throwing him into the blender. Whereas Alper and Shingun, he struggles a little bit more when you put him into a pick and roll. That said, I, I drew a couple comparisons to how even if Shingun didn't have this massive growth spurt, even if he's still sitting around 6'10, 6'10 and a half, maybe 6'11 or whatever, and he's not suddenly closer to seven feet tall, uh, there are plenty of bigs that have a ton of positive impact on their teams and do great. The, despite being relatively undersized for their position. The first big that comes to mind, maybe he shouldn't because he's also a freak athlete, is Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is six foot nine. That's nothing special. In fact, Bam's height and relative to his position and his athleticism, his speed, quickness, all that allows him to be able to switch onto smaller players rather effectively, which is a big part of what makes him such a versatile defender. So he's probably a bad example because he's an uber athlete, can jump out of the gym, all of that. But he is six foot nine, right? It's not the end of the world if you're if you're that if you're undersized. The next guy, though, and we've made this comparison before, and it's not necessarily like a stylistic comparison. I think it really is more of a physical comparison and Al Horford. Now, young Al Horford had a bit more bounce to him, a bit more athletic, you know, a bit more speed to his game, whatever. Old man Al Horford, these last few seasons specifically, I think is actually a great comparison for how Alper and Shingun could be deployed defensively and how you could get the most out of him defensively without giving up a ton. And Guess who just so happened to coach Al freaking Horford? Ime Udoka. So that brings us full circle because when you have a player like that, when you have a player like Al Horford who isn't insanely physically gifted, talented, whatever, he's not the Bam Adebayo of the world, right? Al Horford clocks in at six foot nine with a seven one wingspan. Let me repeat that: six foot nine with a seven one wingspan. Let me get a, get a quick nice off in there. But Alper and Shingun is not far off. Alpi has a seven-foot wingspan. And so regardless of what his height is, we knew he was 6'9", maybe 6'10", coming in. Even if he's still there or even if he's just slightly taller than that, the delta between, like, Alpi's height and his wingspan and Al Horford's height and his wingspan it should be a wash at this point. And if it's not a wash, it might actually favor Al P a little bit more because Al P might be just tall enough to make up that one diff that one inch difference in wingspan. So for Alper and Shingun, I think he could easily have the same type of impact that Al that Al Horford has had on the on the Celtics defense these last few years. Because you look at a guy that again processes the game at such a high level, has great anticipation, high basketball IQ which lends itself to the processing, the awareness, all of that. Um, I just think that those types of players can be 
impactful. And that is the type of player that Alpi should strive to be on the defensive end. I'm not expecting him to ever have truly the impact that Al Horford has had on the Celtics defense, but I think it's something that you can look at and see as a legitimate, reasonable outcome, upper end outcome for what Alpi's defense can become. And if you're talking about a guy that can walk out on any given night and give you 20, 10, and 5 on amazing efficiency and be at least a neutral on defense. We're not even talking about the fact that LP needs to be a def- an impactful defensive player and be a guy like Al Horford that you think of and you think, oh, he's a great defender, you know, plus defensive piece. He doesn't have to even become that. He just needs to be at a place where he's neutral. And I think a big part of what people forget about from this past season is one of the reasons the Rockets' defense was so awful across the board is the perimeter defense was a joke. Everybody was a joke on the floor. And so while Alpine might not, in a vacuum by himself, ever be a plus-caliber defender or a guy that you think of as a quote-unquote good defender, I don't think he's nearly as bad as this last season made him look because at the end of the day, when you are the big and you are expected to be the last line of defense for an NBA team, for for an NBA's defense, and you've got a perimeter defense that looks like Swiss cheese with Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. who are both struggling with a a roster of young guys who nobody knows how to rotate, nobody understands defensive assignments, nobody understands any of that, right? It's going to look like a mess. And nine times out of ten, the guy who's going to look the worst when that happens is going to be your big man in Alper and Shingun. There were plenty of times that Usman Garuba looked like he didn't know what he was doing defensively because he was dealing with the same defense that Al P had. Or Boban, for that matter. Or Jabari at the five. Any number of, of guys that you put in that five spot. Now, granted, when you did other things like Jabari and, and Bruno at the five, or sorry, not Jabari and Bruno, I apologize. Jabari and Garuba at the five you saw them switching a lot more, which allowed, you know, switching defense is really simple in concept to run, whatever. It, it, it's still kind of complicated to actually do properly, and the Rockets definitely didn't do that properly either last season, but it's a lot easier to not just have a defense collapse when you're switching because it's as simple as just, okay, you take that guy, you take that guy, switch, 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 switch everything. Bruno struggled. Bruno Fernando struggled at the five spot, right? And he was supposedly... Oh my God, so much better than Alperin Shingun. He's more athletic, this, that, and the other thing. No, Bruno struggled playing defense at the five. The eye test confirms that. He wasn't so, he wasn't like amazingly better than Alp defending at the five spot. So I, 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 I'm getting off my, my podium now, my soapbox, to just make the point that I think that in this new system, I'm expecting Jalen to take a massive leap. I think Alperin Shingun could be headed for an insane year, right? He's, I think in most, on most betting sites, uh, FanDuel, et cetera, I think you can find LP somewhere in the top five betting favorites for most improved player of the year. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. It really isn't because he just has dealt with kind of a lot of adversity through these first two years of his NBA career. And I think him having a system, having a coach who understands how to utilize bigs didn't even touch on the fact that, and we'll we'll have to save it for another episode because I think it's a, a more fun discussion to have with with another person. So you know, we'll I'll saddle one of our co-hosts with the idea of Alperin Shingun as a four, uh, playing alongside Jock Landale potentially 
at points next season, right? I think we could very easily see uh, some double big actions with two out of the three of Shingun, Landale, and Jeff Green playing minutes together next season because we know that Ime Udoka has liked to use double bigs in the past with Al Horford and Rob Williams. So, and those are two non-traditional double bigs, right? Rob Williams is not a massive big. Now, he's got an insane wingspan. He can jump out of the gym, so it makes up for it quite a bit. He is a rim deterrent, a rim presence, Um but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of possibility here. And that's the, that, that to me is the thing. I keep coming back to the word possibility because the possibilities really are endless for what Ime Odoka could experiment and try with this young roster. And it's unfortunate that he won't be given the same runway that Steven Silas was to experiment and to try things and have a season that didn't matter as far as wins and losses to really get a feel for what some of these guys could be capable of because there are still some results-driven uh, goals for this next season. The team wants to make it to the play-in tournament, wants to be competitive again. They want to win basketball games. Because of that, they're not going to be able to be as maybe experimental as we would hope, but I'm still expecting to and optimistic that we're going to see a lot more creativity, a lot more fun this next season, this next iteration of the Houston Rockets. So that's going to do it for today's episode. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Drop your thoughts. What's been your favorite moment from Alper and Shingun through four games of FIBA action? Let us know in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.